bonus episode with an elite educator, Daniel Bauer. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educator's podcast to start your day feeling empowered. from Always a Lesson, here to empower you to reach your potential. And in fact, you know it, I call you elite because only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves by listening to podcasts just like this to help hone their craft. And today is a special day because we have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by learning from another elite educator, Daniel Bauer, who has got an empowering message I cannot wait for you to hear. Let me tell you a little bit more about Daniel. So he is the founder of Better Leaders, Better Schools. It's a website and podcast designed to support leaders in education. He helps school leaders create a winning culture, focus on the essential, and lead with courage and integrity. He has worked in both middle school and high school as a teacher, instructional coach, and administrator in small and large urban environments. So he currently works in Chicago, the third largest school district in the nation, at the 16th school in the state of Illinois. And Daniel is passionate about helping educators meet their leadership potential. Go ahead and check him out at betterleadersbetterschools.com. All right, elite educators, are you ready to hear from Daniel? Well, hey, Daniel, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Um, elite educators around the world are eager to learn from you today. So I am just going to get right to it. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So go ahead and explain to the listeners how our paths have crossed. You know, I think we got connected on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing something called podcast chat, uh, you know, and just on Wednesday nights. We, we moved it now to the first and third Wednesday we're just getting people that are interested in uh, podcasts, they have you know, passion that they want to express to the community, uh, just answer questions about how you get it going and that sort of thing. And our paths crossed there. And you and I both are in the education industry, so I thought it would be a great fusion of our talents to you know, hop on a podcast together and, and just share our story. For sure. So Twitter chats, I absolutely love them. It's been the best professional development for me. Why don't you just explain really quickly what that is since you brought up the podcasting chat? Yeah, for me too as an educator, they've definitely been great professional development in my own uh, personal life as well. So Twitter chats are, are simple, you know, you, and you can search these Google Twitter chats. There's a few different calendars that you can see everything that's out there. Find you know, a topic that's interesting to you. Uh, some of the education ones that I like, there's one called hashtag EdChat, uh, ATPLC, which is 
all things professional learning communities. Uh, there's IL Ed Chats. That's for Illinois, where I'm at in Chicago, Illinois Ed Chat. But there's one really for every state. So there's a moderator, facilitator for each podcast, or excuse me, just Twitter chat. Uh, they'll sort of set out the ground rules, welcome everybody, everyone to introduce themselves. They take about an hour, and then uh, I think some of the key mistakes people make is the facilitator will ask a question like Q1, and then ask the question, have the hashtag podcast chat, for example. And then what people should do is uh, reply A1. That way everybody knows that's participating in the chat what question you're answering. Because right. it gets pretty crazy as the chat goes on. And like I said, it lasts about an hour. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, Twitter chats in, in a real quick and easy description. Yeah, you did good. So what made you want to go from just participating in that Twitter chat to wanting you know, to moderate one? Uh, just to see who I'd be connected with and, and you know, I guess talk about uh, stuff that I was interested in or passionate about. So I think at some point I really like the uh, All Things PLC uh, Twitter chat, and hopefully at some point I can ask, you know, if I could facilitate one of those. Uh, but, you know, uh, podcasts, you, we, we both listen to John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneur yeah. on Fire. And there's, some, you know, I could list like 15 podcasts that I listen to right now. But, <laughs> you know, just trying to see like, hey, can, will some of the big dogs come out and can we learn some stuff from them? And then, you know, people like us that are just emerging, like, I think we still have a lot of value to add to the community. And just, you know, it's always, always better to connect with others and just try to learn. So that's, that's how I went from participant to moderator. Yeah, that's great. What's your current position in the educational field? Right now, I'm an assistant principal um, at a school in Chicago called Gwendolyn Brooks College Preparatory Academy. Mm. We are number 16 in the state of Illinois in Chicago. I forget our ranking there, but uh, we are part of 11 of the selective enrollment schools in the city. So uh, they're still free, they're still public, but kids do have to take a selective enrollment test to, to show that I guess they got it, uh, what it takes to, to thrive in a, a very highly rigorous college preparatory environment. So do you use the common standards? Yeah, we definitely use Common Core state standards. Uh, we also still tie a lot to uh, the college readiness standards. So yeah. we're kind of we're, we're straddling both worlds and trying to make them applicable to our kids' daily lives. I think that's awesome because I think that is the part that's missing from school is like how does this apply to my life? And you're really helping them, you know, mesh. Here's what academic world is, but then here is how it translates to college or career. So. That mission is really interesting. Yeah, and you know, we try to do that mostly through project-based learning, uh, doing stuff, sure, within the school, but outside of the school as well to just make those type of connections. Yeah, absolutely. What's your enrollment? Is it started off kind of like a smaller, more intimate school? Uh, we have, you know, this is grades 9 through 12. It's a high school. We have 842 students. Okay. So I don't know if you think that's big or small. It's probably like a mid-size, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, medium, yeah, in the middle there. Where, you, where were you before that? I was still here in Chicago. Uh, I taught at a place called Kenwood Academy. That's also a really great school in the city. Uh, I worked for the central office coaching about 18 schools and probably 100 teachers and administrators in a very specific program called AVID. Yeah, I don't, okay. You know that one? Yeah. yeah. So I really love that because it takes kids that are regarded in the middle and just says, you know, I believe in you and with these skills 
and I'm going to stay on you. But with these skills, you're going to take really challenging courses. You're going to thrive in them, and we're going to get you into great colleges and universities. So I was just like a, a coach, I guess, with the AVID methodologies. You know, working with the administrators in terms of budgeting and uh, personnel, professional development, and then working with the teachers, how do you actually uh, use these methodologies in the class day to day? Sounds like that really prepared you for your current role. Yeah, definitely. You know, I just learned how to work with a, a variety of personalities. You know, teachers definitely have to collaborate quite a bit and figure out, you know, how to get along with other folks. But when you're <laughs> thrown into 18 different schools, where, you know, in, in the really diverse areas too, you know, where the backgrounds and people's experiences are vastly different than yours, you got to figure out how do you build great relationships so that you can collaborate around this uh, such important work and do what's right for kids. Yeah, so that makes me want to ask you a question here. You know, being a coach is great because you get to see lots of awesome teaching and, and help a lot of teachers, which means you help a lot of students. But you don't really, or at least I have felt, I don't really ever feel like I have a home because I'm bouncing to all these places. And you were just mentioning relationships. So how do you become and morph into all these different cultures as this coaching role? Yeah, so, you know, I don't know what your schedule is like, but for me, I tried to build in some time, too, that I could just be at the different schools that wasn't necessarily for the professional development I may be offering or whatever meeting I was supposed to be going to. Uh, but one thing I'm thinking of uh, specifically over at Kennedy High School, they have a really great uh, Hispanic population there, and they were uh, throwing some sort of festival uh, and all the classes were participating, and there was, there was different music, different art, performances, food, everything. And so just making time to go and participate in that, celebrate you know, the rich culture that was in the school, and connect with the teachers, administrators, and the students on a different level. That's a great idea. What were you doing before your avid coaching role? So let's dial back. We're getting <laughs> older in the years. But uh, I was everywhere. You know, I started my career in education as a middle school teacher okay. uh, in Atlanta, uh, actually in East Cobb, Marietta, right outside Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Did that for a while. Uh, I was a graduate student at U of I and got to work with pre-service teachers, which was super cool. I love them. They're my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I love them. And it was neat because all my experiences in secondary ed, but these kids I was working with was specifically in the elementary ed uh, program. So that was neat. That really stretched me. And then I stayed in Champaign for quite a bit, Champaign, Illinois. And I, I taught there uh, middle school for a good number of years as well. You have an extensive background. It's like you've got your feet in all these different actions. And it's so fascinating to hear how each one has really built upon the other so that you were ready for your next challenge or your next assignment. And there is no telling what you're going to be doing next, but I'm pretty sure that your current role as an AP is going to help you get there. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So what is the best lesson you learned in any one of these roles, really? Well, I think I'll just go back to the relationship piece, but, you know, right now as an AP, uh, having different uh, responsibilities at the school, where, you know, you're trying to add value to all the teachers' lives and, and think that your feedback's just going to blow their minds, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and make their classrooms the most vibrant, incredible places in the world. Right. But that doesn't always happen. So just figuring out, like, yeah, that relationship piece, how do I get to know this person in front of me just as a human being mm -hmm. and tap into their interests and passions 
and that kind of gives you an in, so now you have a little bit of credibility, and, and you also can demonstrate that you care, right? And I'm always thinking, how can I show compassion in my job? Uh, you know, I love giving hugs and, and, and telling people that I care about them, and uh, one little thing that I've developed over the years is uh, just writing thank you cards mm. and you know trying to just not a lot of people do that anymore right uh, and just just identifying even little things that, that a teacher might be at their door or I remember a, a department chair asking them to schedule a meeting and they scheduled a meeting like 10 minutes after the request and the thank you card was just thanking them for being on it you know and that I, I felt like I was heard and that uh, the meeting was important, and they showed that you know through through their actions. So that's all the the thank you card was about. It doesn't have to be something extravagant, right. but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I try to notice people mm-hmm. you know throughout the day, because uh, so often you know as an AP or as a teacher or whatever you can feel very overlooked, and you're working right. hard making a, a difference. But you know how do you highlight all the great things people are doing and just recognize them for for the impact that they're making every day. That's a great perspective. You know, I think education is a lot about relationships and communication. And you were mentioning the human side. You know, you can give a teacher feedback, but if you don't really have that foundation of a relationship or tap into the emotions, it's hard for you to connect or at least give the feedback in a way that they're going to hear it and then apply it. So I think that's an excellent point of the relationship has to come first. Yeah, thank you. You're so right. I mean, you could be saying something. Uh, but people might not be listening. So important. Yeah, my dad always said, you have to know their style. You know, you have to say things in a way that they want to hear it. And I'm like, who has time to translate (laughs) one message 45 different ways just so you can hear it? And like, dad, I'm not interested. And he's like, well, you're going to have a hard time being a leader because you have to really know your audience. And if you want your message heard, you need to speak their language. And I thought, oh, like this sounds awful. But in the coaching role and exactly like what you're saying, you really learn, you know, how this person is going to receive it or the approach you need to have so that they hear it. And Um, It's definitely been an awesome learning experience, and that is excellent advice for anyone in leadership is just to get to know the people you're leading, and that is half the battle. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So as an AP, um, what kind of makes a teacher great or when you're sitting in in these interviews? What really stands out to you? You know, I try to identify if if they actually, like, care about kids. (laughs) And, you know, uh, you got some different questions around that, but really just seeing how people speak about their former experiences. Mm. Um, went to a leadership conference recently, too, called the Global Leadership Summit. And one thing I learned uh, from one of the speakers, there was 13 speakers there, but they are talking about how important it is to hire uh, with, with the people aligned to your organization's values. So how do you do that? Right. <clears throat> one thing that they talked about, and you need to have a battery of questions, not just one question, but they said if you get people out of their head, if you describe uh, these really interesting and challenging scenarios and then have them predict uh, how, how the people right in the passage would act, a lot of times they uh, portray themselves within their predictions. Mm. And so for us, uh, we, we, we really value collaboration here. Okay. We definitely organize our school in professional learning communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have common planning time so our teachers can meet uh, throughout the day and week just to uh, design great units of study, you know, 
create common formative assessments and then the most important part respond to the data to see like okay the kids did well here or they struggled there how are we going to accelerate or intervene with these assessments and uh, strategies and skills so you know just asking questions about maybe a dysfunctional team coming into uh, uh, the current reality of the school and then describing here and there what has happened over the years and predicting how will the team be functioning and you can get a lot, you know, just from that prediction, the person projecting themselves into it. Are they a team player? Or if their answer is more about, well, you know, I'm just going to worry about number one, develop my own skills and that sort of thing, you can see that they're more of a, a silo. So that's one way that we try to do it. That's great. I like that approach. And I think the fact that you ask things in multiple ways, you get to hear the consistency in their answer. Like, oh, this person talked a lot about teamwork this one time, but then this time they're talking about themselves. So maybe they're a little wishy-washy or, wow, this person is really consistent. They keep talking about the team. Like that's definitely showcasing what we want, right? Exactly. So our show here, the Empowering Educators podcast, is dedicated to a variety of teachers. We've got new teachers, teachers that are transitioning either in their building or out of education. We've got lots of teachers kind of feeling a little distressed, and then teacher leaders. So if you could give any type of advice to either one of these kind of categories of teachers, what would it be and why? Take care of yourself. Go have some fun. You know, one thing that I've learned is like if you're not taking care of yourself first, then you have nothing to give others. I've learned that the hard way when I've been stretched too thin, yeah. leading too many uh, groups at church and at school and just, you know, in my life. And I had nothing to give. I had to, I had to pull the plug on everything. Wow. So it's just finding out like what, how do you recharge your battery, right? Mm -hmm. And really scheduling time and, and being rigorous with that, like put it, like I love calendars, put it on your calendar, you know, keep that time sacred and do something for yourself regularly so that you can have something to give others. That makes me think of two questions. So for our new teachers, they tend to want to come into school early and be the last one to leave and they want to have everything all perfect and your message is really pushing them to think it is okay to take a break or to exit it. My worth is not the amount of hours. It's like the amount of quality hours, right? So what could you do to encourage them to not have to kind of live at school? Uh, I would try to maybe see if there's like a, a mentor, teacher, or somebody in the building that you think has it, you know, and then see what they're doing and just have conversations around that. Uh, because maybe they'll be the person that could say, hey, you need to get out of here. I, re I remember my first year teaching, and I'll always remember the guy's name. His name's Tucker Smith. Uh, he taught social studies in sixth grade, not on my middle school team, but on another one. Uh, but I, I must have been looking ragged. You know, my shirt probably <laughs> wasn't tucked in. My hair was all over the place. And like, what's going on with you? You know, I didn't know as a new teacher, you don't have to grade everything. And and. I was an English language arts slash reading teacher, so I feel like they got the worst because yep. you're, you know, essays and everything mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> and I was grading everything. I was thinking that my feedback, you know, was incredible. Uh, it's just putting a lot of time and effort into that. And he's like, stop grading everything. So I would say definitely look for veteran teachers that they have it going on. Uh, not that you have to be like them, right? Because right. I learned that lesson the hard way Me too. too. Trying to be like a military type teacher and have kids like line up and all this stuff that I'm not like. Uh, but, you know, be yourself. 
but find somebody that has it going on and they're going to share some wisdom from you. So what about those teachers in distress that feel, I hear you, like I'm trying to take time to like rejuvenate, but there's so many expectations from the school district or just the administration or the state, you know, so what could you say to calm their fears of everything that's really being thrown at them? Well, you know, if you dig into like education research, I'm not going to quote any researchers specifically, but all the smart ones know that the standards and expectations that are put on schools are, they're good, they have high expectations, but they're not reasonable. Like all the standards, even the Common Core State standards, you can't teach them all in one academic year. And so to think that you're going to get through it all, you're going to make yourself go crazy. So another thing that I've learned not only about taking care of yourself is number one, but designing, I guess, realistic expectations, which can be very tough if, like you said, from the district level and if the principal is unrealistic too, and I don't even know how your peers are at the school, right? right? But if they don't all have realistic expectations, it's really, really challenging to do that. Uh, but as an individual, if you could say, here's you know, my non-negotiables, here's what I need to get done to feel good about myself, to know that I uh, loved and taught these kids to the best of my ability, that's really all you can do. Mm. That's good advice. So you mentioned Tucker Smith, but who's your current mentor? You know, I think uh, that's a tough one to, to answer, and that's half the reason why I started uh, the website that I started because um, I'm, I'm, I'm challenged a little bit finding people that are going to push me in my own leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a guy named uh, Aaron Walker who I think is just the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and he was on Entrepreneur on Fire, uh, the most commented on episode that, that JLD ever recorded. Oh, I'll have but, to go check it out. Yeah, and he was on there twice, so he's one of the very few repeat guests. But the guy's just a really solid guy, heart of gold. Uh, and I really look up to him. So he has he has something called the community online, uh, and I I decided to join that. Uh, and it's just a place where he teaches regularly on a weekly webinar. There's a ton of discussion forums, and I, I found all of those to to be really challenging and uh, fruitful for me. So I, I would probably say him at this moment. That sounds interesting. I need to do some digging and and check this out. Definitely. So you mentioned your website. Go ahead and tell us what it's called and what it's about. Yeah, so my website is betterleadersbetterschools.com. And what I tell people is that I help school leaders create a winning school culture, focus on the essential, and lead with courage and integrity. So I'm not the guy. I can talk to you about what you know, I think is, is the best sort of literacy model for a school or numeracy model. But I, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I want to get into the relational stuff, the messy stuff, the emotional stuff. And so that's what Better Leaders, Better Schools focuses on. Uh, what is leadership? How do you take care of yourself? How do you do those things like creating a great culture that everybody's excited to be a part of? How do you focus on the really, truly important things? Because there's a lot of junk out there that really doesn't matter at all. And then how do you do it in a way that people say, you know what? that was a good guy or a good gal. You know, I really respect them as a leader. Right. And that, that's, that's what the website was or is all about. Excuse me. I like that. You know, I'm much more willing to put in crazy hours or work myself sick for someone that I truly believe in, that's got a great heart and a great mission and truly cares about people. And it sounds like that's what you're creating is not only are you giving them the knowledge and the skills 
to have these amazing schools, but you're also teaching them that, that connection piece of, you know, really how to lead people who are at the, you know, fundamentally just a human who have this desire to connect and be part of the mission versus just being told do X, Y, Z, you know, have that very cold or formal approach. So I'm, I'm smiling as you're talking, thinking, yes, this is what we need. I'm glad you're smiling. That puts a smile on my face. <laughs> smiling. That's great. So I assume this is your current project and it's unrelated to your work as an assistant principal, correct? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a side thing. Uh, if it turns into something bigger, that'd be cool. But yeah, right now, you know, that, that blog, uh, the podcast is going to drop September 1st. Woohoo! Yeah, super excited, but also very nervous. You know, just want to help people out in, in a small way. Yeah, and well, it's not going to be a small way. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, what kind of impact are you hoping to have? Just obviously you mentioned wanting to impact leaders, but we know that that has a ripple effect. So really, what's your vision for this mission? Yeah, hopefully, I mean, without sounding like, super uh, into myself. I, I'd love to become the uh, go-to voice when it comes to leadership and education uh, with the focus on your own like personal development and emotional health. Mm. So again, you know, I might fail. Maybe it's going to work out. But you know, I'm just really interested in, in engaging in conversations about that type of stuff. Uh, at some point, I'll be offering services that, that help develop those skills. Uh, that intimacy within relationships um, and stealing sort of that that mastermind model of just getting really smart people going places Mm -hmm. all together on a call and uh, discussing, you know, what what are the fears, what are the obstacles that you face at work, uh, and then just really being very intentional of figuring out how to support that person through it, whether it's asking great questions, uh, providing solutions, you know, making different connections, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of a mastermind group because I know as a teacher, I felt so stuck in the four walls of my classroom and the four walls of my school. And I would go to workshops and I'd meet some really, you know, awesome educators who were on fire. And I was like, man, where are you? Like, I need you in my building to keep me going every day. And so you're pretty much allowing globally, global educators to come together and really just feed off one another. And, and that just builds a whole movement right there. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited about that potential. And again, a lot of these things get birthed, I think, out of our own frustrations and obstacles ourselves. Yes. <laughs> and just like you, you know, I meet incredible people at conferences, on uh, different events, uh, but then where, where are they in my life? And yep. then here locally in Chicago, there's a lot of great people. Uh, but there were, there, even though I tried to rally folks together and let's have these type of conversations, it wasn't happening. So I said, all right, well, let me get out of Chicago. Let's open it up to the world. Right. And I know there's other people that exist like me that this, they're probably, you know, really resonating with this idea. So let's do it. Let's, let's make it a virtual meeting space and encourage each other and hold each other accountable and just definitely grow together. Love it. So as you know, educators, we're constantly learning and growing, and I know you're figuring this out as this journey unfolds before you, but how are you staying current on what's happening around us in the field of education? Join different uh, professional, you know, educational organizations, uh, listen to different podcasts, uh, read as much as possible, you know, online. Uh, that, That I think is the key ways that I'm staying on top of everything. 
why don't you go ahead and shout out yourself for some awesome teaching moment. I like to ask this question and lots of educators say, I don't think I have one, but I know you didn't get to where you are without some all-star teacher moment. So go ahead and tell us. Yeah, you know, I, I think I was, I really enjoy teaching. Like I wake up every day and even as an AP, I'm still excited to go to work. I've never gotten out of bed and been like, oh, I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. So it's always been something that I've just really been very comfortable with. So I think there's a lot of moments, but the, the one sort of uh, moment that repeated itself, I, I found this model of teaching called power teaching a few years back. And the guy that created it says that he used it all the way through his college students. Uh, I'm not so convinced on that yet. I definitely used it in middle school and it worked. Mm -hmm. But long story straight, uh, sorry, long story short, there's like a lot of fun involved. There's a scoreboard based on if students are doing something right as opposed to something that's uh, not meeting your expectations of violating classroom norms. So you reward them with points. There's a lot of call and response which uh, works really well with students of color. And so that got uh, the classes very engaged and it was very kinesthetic. So there was Uh a lot of moving around and uh, acting out, I guess, different concepts we were teaching, like vocabulary. But within that, so you have this really high energy, moving around, fun environment. I taught my kids, I trained them to thank me when I gave them homework uh, so you might not be expecting this, right? Like this didn't change a kid's life and uh, they became a doctor and saved the world. But it was just so fun. And so it's the kids, we're going to have homework tonight. And they would say, thank you, Mr. Bauer. Thank you, Mr. Bauer. And they would blow me kisses. And then when I said, guys, I'm really sad to tell you that there is no homework tonight, they would like cheer and like be all excited too. But it was just other teachers could not believe that, you know, 30 35 kids would just go nuts at an announcement <laughs> about homework. That's it was, cool. Yeah, it was controlled chaos, but really a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, Daniel, I want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, I do want to ask you one more question. Sure. How do you reignite your passion and potential as an educator? I think uh, you got to just ask yourself hard questions like why you're in it. Mm. Uh, and... I haven't gone in a sort of silent retreat, but I've read about a number of leaders that go away. And I mean like three or four days. Uh, and they do nothing but read and journal, and they don't talk to anyone. Wow. Uh, and, and some of the ideas that come out of that. But, you know, I think, again, you know, me, the emotional guy, uh, the intentionality, you know, the relationship guy, like looking in yourself, what is propelling you? Uh, why'd you get in the field of education? You know, for me, it was to make a difference, to to serve kids that were uh, in underserved communities, to give them a chance to reach or exceed their potential. Uh, so I think just asking yourself the hard questions. And if I could actually segue a little bit, I, I, I have a gift for your audience. Ooh, we love gifts. Yeah. So, I, you know, I... I um. I titled it after your blog, so it's hopefully people are familiar with your blog yes. too. It's always a lesson. Uh-huh. But if people text that phrase, always a lesson, to 33444, I have a, a free giveaway with those, I think, soul-rattling questions. And I call it 15 Challenging Questions Guaranteed to Unlock Your Leadership Potential Today. Ooh. 
So yeah, if they text that phrase again, always a lesson to 33444, they can get uh, their hands on those 15 questions to unlock their potential. Oh my God, that's so awesome and very nice of you to contribute. What a little surprise for the audience. If you listen all the way through the episode, you're going to have something awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you for your time. Tell us where we can connect with you. You can find me everywhere, but (laughs) I'm very active on Twitter at underscore better schools. That's probably the best. Uh, Or you can email me Daniel at Better Leaders, Better Schools. I'm on Instagram, all that sort of stuff. But if you connect in those other ways, we'll, we'll get hooked up. Excellent. Well, you heard it, elite educators. Start connecting with Daniel today. Thanks again. We had such a good time chatting, and I hope to talk with you very soon. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. This was great. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Wow, that was awesome. Isn't Daniel so inspiring? I'm so glad we connected through social media and now have this opportunity to work together in the podcasting world and see each other's journeys unfold. But if you love what you hear, check out the show notes page and get connected with Daniel today. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Daniel Bauer. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. Hi, elite educators. If you want to get empowered to create and provide efficient and effective professional development sessions that are fun and inspiring, go grab my newest webinar by texting PDWebinar as one word to 33444. So you're going to text PD webinar as one word to the number 33444. Nothing is dreaded more than a required boring PD session. So tune in to find out how to make it something teachers run to instead of away from. I've seen it happen in my own school. I now love PD and you will too. educators. Are you in need of feeling empowered by someone who is just like you, who does just what you do, and well, just gets it? Then hop on over to alwaysalesson.com to learn more on the blog for tips and tricks of remaining passionate about your current work. Also, check out our social media links for more personal connection to other elite educators just like you. And if you're a newbie educator, grab a copy of my book, Elementary Education 101, What They Didn't Teach You in College, to ensure you beat the learning curve and end your first year ahead of the game. Alwaysalesson.com provides something for everyone. So elite educators, stop by today and get empowered.